morning, good morning. How are you all doing? Doing good. What a morning. Um, man, I've got a lot to do this morning, but how many of you, um, when Keely was praying, your heart started burning? Why don't you stand? When he started praying, my heart started burning, and I asked God, what's going on? And he said, I'm igniting the nations. So if your heart wasn't burning, but you want it to burn for the nations, why don't you stand also? And we're just going to lean into it for just a minute, a moment, and just recognize what he's doing in the house. He's igniting our hearts for the nations again. Oh. And some of you, that, that means right here in Vacaville or Fairfield or Dixon. But there is something about going to the nations and putting burnt your heart burning for another country that's not your own. So Holy Spirit, we just lean into that this morning. And we give you access to our heart to let it burn for the countries that you so love, for the people that you love, and want the kingdom to be their reality. So this morning, we just open our hearts to the nations. Give us a heart for the nations, that it would burn like your heart burns for them. Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Normally I do a proverb of the day, but because of time, what's the date today? The 6th. So go read Proverbs 6 today. It's a good one. Um, so um, I'm going to get right into it. So if you have your Bibles, turn it to Mark 10. A rich man comes to Jesus. And, and asks him a very interesting question. He asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is a good question, right? You know, your life doesn't end when your earthly body ends on this earth. Well, at least this side believes that. And so Jesus answers him and starts giving him kind of a list of commandments and things in the law in the Old Testament of, you know, all these different things to live a good life, a righteous life. And this is verse 20. This is his reply. And he replied to him, teacher, I have carefully guarded and observed all these and taken care not to violate them from my boyhood. So he's basically saying, hey, I have followed it all since I was little. I've stayed diligent. I've done it all. I'm good. And this is, this is Jesus' response, verse 21. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and he said to him, you lack one thing. 
Go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and accompany me walking the same road that I walk. At that saying, the man's countenance fell and was gloomy. And he went away grieved and sorrowing, for he was holding great possessions. See, Jesus identified something in him that he couldn't give his yes to. See, Jesus wanted, he was like, hey, what do I need to do? And Jesus' basic answer is, you have to be willing to give your yes to everything. But he saw in him and gave him an opportunity to say yes. Jesus was saying, okay, sell everything and follow me. And he gave him the opportunity to say, yes, I'll do that. But he couldn't do it. Because he wasn't willing to give him his yes. And then you never hear about this person again. He had an opportunity to be known as the man that gave everything to say yes. He missed the opportunity to be a world changer. Because he didn't give him his yes. I was reading through Hebrews this week. I love Hebrews, especially chapter 11. I would really encourage you to read that this week. And part of 12, part, you know when a chapter ends doesn't mean the subject ends. They just broke it up so it's a little easier to read. But I would read 11 and 12 and just, he talks about all the people that said yes. That gave their yes to Jesus or gave their yes to the kingdom, gave their yes to God. You know, Noah gave his yes. God said, hey, go build me a boat where he didn't need a boat. It didn't make sense for him to build a boat, especially that size. But he still gave his yes. And because of that, his family was saved. There's a place for the animals. There was a place for everybody else, too. But they chose not to say yes. But Noah did. He said yes. Abraham. God says, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave everything you've known. I want you to leave your resource. See, his resource was from his family. His riches he got from his family. And God said, will you leave them? And he said, yes. And because he gave a yes, a whole nation was born. And then when that nation was born in Isaac, God asked them again, will you say yes? And he asked them to go sacrifice Isaac. And what did Abraham do? He said, yes. It's really interesting, you read in Hebrews, that Abraham's expectation was that Isaac was going to die, but that God would raise him from the dead. And what's even more interesting, he tells Isaac, we're going to go do, give a burnt offering to the Lord. 
So not only was Mo, or Abraham's thought process was Isaac's going to die, but he's actually going to be burned. He's going to be cremated. But his expectation was God was going to bring him back to life. And sometimes God just asks us to say hello to the cash register person. Or tell the person in the store, hey, God really loves you. Moses was asked, would you be a deliverer? And he argued with God for a long time at a burning bush. And finally, God just gave up and said, you're doing it. (laughs) If you read it, Moses actually never says he's going to do it. God finally just gives up on him and like, no, you're doing it. I'm I'm done talking with you. You must have nodded slightly, taking that as a yes. (laughs) Joshua takes over for Moses. And God says, go take this city. Go move this nation that has been hell on earth for you. A nation that wanted to kill you. But I want you to go take this city and this land. And Joshua said, yes. And a whole nation got their promise because Joshua was willing to say yes. And in that, Rahab, the harlot, prostitute, said yes to the spies. Ah, she, oh. Her story is just wrecks me. This person that society had no value on. That was a prostitute. Said yes. And because she said yes, not only did the nation able to get their promise, but a king came through her lineage. King David came from her. And from David came Jesus. Our king came through the lineage of a harlot because she was willing to say yes. David just mentioned, said yes to killing a giant when nobody else wanted him to. Esther said yes to go before a king to save a nation, put her own life at risk to say yes and saved her nation because of it. Daniel said yes and got to hang out with some lions. (laughs) Mary said yes to giving birth to the Messiah when she would be shamed for being pregnant without being married. The disciples said yes to following Jesus. And then Jesus himself said yes to the Father. He said, not my will, but your will be done. God himself, Jesus, God himself said yes. He gave up his own will to do the will of the Father. To give himself as the spotless lamb for us. 
even he said yes. So today, are we willing to give us, give him our yes? Most of the time, he's not asking us to give a yes that will kill us. There might be a day where it is. And you're never going to make that yes unless you make the small yeses first. Because Jesus is looking for our yes. You read through the whole Bible. It's always about saying yes. When it doesn't make sense. But that's what he's asking for. Um, James 1. Uh, 27. It says, Religion that God our, our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So I'm going to invite some people up here in just a few minutes to hear their story of a yes. But this is really special to me. Um, widows and orphans have a special place in my heart. Not because God says... We should. But when I was in high school, my two best friends, two different families, both lost their fathers within a year of each other. So I know what it's, I saw a widow and the impact a life of a widow has and what that they have to deal with. So it's very precious to me because I was at their house all the time, growing up, having fun with the boys but I also got to see what a widow has to go through. So it's a special place for me. And then orphans, one of my mentors was an orphan. My, um, my best friend that had lost his dad also lost his mom a little bit later. So he's an orphan. Um, my family is adopt. Adoption runs through my family. We celebrate it. We love it. My mom's adopted. My aunt's adopted. My wife's adopted. My niece is adopted. So it is something that's dear to me and something we actually live out as a family. I've also raised two kids that weren't my own for a year and a half. And so this is really precious to me and close to me. And so I want to invite a couple others that have said yes to this because God loves our yes. So if Tiffany Lane... And Joanne would come on up. Yeah, give them a hand. Get this out of the way. I know the stools are a little tall. Yeah, I'll just lean. I mean, it works for me, but... Awesome. Well, thanks guys for coming this morning. We love you. Um, real quick, kind of introduce yourself. Excuse me. And how long you've been at the mission? Hello, I'm Tiffany. I um, have been here what feels like almost all my life since I was 12. I won't list my age. And now you're 18. Yeah, yeah. now I'm 21. So, <laughs> uh, My name is Joanne. Um, my husband and I started coming about four and a half years ago. After we got stationed at our base, it's actually an hour north of here. So we drive an hour yeah. to come because we know what God is doing here. Yeah, it's awesome. So. 
And Steve can't be here because he's Steve serving overseas. Steve can't be here. He is online right now watching and cheering everyone on. He watches church with us, and he is overseas saying yes. Yeah. Uh, he said yes to the military. So yeah. 20, almost 20 years ago, he said yes to going overseas and letting his family stay so we could stay with our family yes. here. And my, oldest, my next oldest son could graduate awesome. high school here. So Awesome. Well, I had these two come up. We wanted to just share for a few minutes on their story and their yes. But part of their story is that they've been foster parents. Uh, both of them have. And um, Joanne's actually adopted also. So we wanted to share a little bit of their, their story and what they said yes to. Um, so why don't you just quickly kind of, I know there's different types of fostering. Um, so why don't you share a little bit of kind of what your, how you, you fostered. We'll let you do that. Okay. Um, so right now, uh, my home is open to four different types of fostering. Uh, so one being respite care, which is just giving reprieve to another home who's currently foster parents. So then they can have a break, go on vacation, rest, and then I will take in their child. Um, and then I'm also open for emergency placement, which, which would mean a child is immediately taken from their family for, you know, obviously some sort of trauma just happened and then they need to go into immediate care. And then I'm also open to long-term, which would mean in some cases, if an emergency placement comes in, there's a court date. And then at that point, you know, it's defined, are they going to go into long-term or can they go back with their family? Uh, So then I could get a call for long-term or I could have an emergency placement case. And then that case goes into long-term. And then the last place, I just decided to sign up for them all. Um, The last one is a concurrent slash adoptive home. So that could be where I get a phone call and the child is likely to go to be adoptive, but it's not 100% until you're there signing the paperwork at the courthouse. But that's a, hey, this is looking like this child's going to be up for adoption. So those are the four types that my home's open to. I've done two so far, which is respite and emergency placement. And so I did... Uh, we did foster and adoption in Texas. So our foster adoption terms are a little different. That's why I wanted Tiffany to go first, is to be aware of your area. So when we, when we said yes, we said yes to it all, too. Um, we um, knew kind of from the get-go, because uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but we knew from the get-go that our home would be, the only way a child would leave our home is if a judge said to go. So if a child came in our home, they would be there for the rest of their lives if a judge didn't ask them to go somewhere else. But we had some emergency placements. We had some respites. We had all those kinds of things. Um, but our family rule when we made this decision was our home is the last stop if that's what's needed. So we basically went from adoption from the very get-go. Yeah, that's great. So you, it can go from a couple days or a day to long-term, which is, could be years or months rest, yep. or adoption which can be life. the rest of your life um awesome so let's talk about your yes because that none of this happens unless you say yes you weren't tricked into it well maybe part of it but probably not all of it you do have to fill out paperwork so at some point you have to say yes so why don't you share a little bit of your story of how you came to yes to fostering or adopting uh, these orphans I guess I just go first, I guess. Okay. Um, I think I sort of was tricked into it, honestly. So, um, really, actually, literally. Um, but yeah, so my yes was 
unexpected. <laughs> um, like, let's just say four months ago, I would never imagine a million years think I'd be sitting here talking about this. And that's just like four months ago. Um, so yeah, I was just in a time of my life where I felt like I just needed maybe a little bit more healing in one area. And I felt like I was supposed to bring it to the Lord. I didn't need prayer. I didn't need therapy. I just needed to be with God. Uh, and so one night I just decided to do that. I don't know if I regret it or not, but you know, was sat on my couch and just talked to the Lord and just was raw with him. That elephant in the room that sometimes we have, or we don't really want to talk to God about it, but we'll do everything else. And so I just sat on my couch and poured my heart out to the Lord and I'm like weeping and it's amazing. And I go to bed and that was that. And then the next morning, I heard so clearly, call an agency to foster. And I'm like, I still remember I'm in my bedroom, walking to the kitchen to eat breakfast. Like, I'm not thinking anything about this. I'm like, call an agency to foster. Um, But it was that clear, like such a clearness of the Lord that I knew it was him asking me. And so I, without even thinking, because if I had time to think, I don't know that I would be here right now. I just started looking. So I Googled one agency. I didn't feel peace about it. And then I Googled the agency that I'm with, which is Aldea. And I felt total peace, signed up for orientation. And within, in like two hours, I'm like signed up for orientation. I'm like filling out all this paperwork and then, then calling my friends and family. And everyone's like, wow, that's really big. (laughs) Um, so, but it's obviously a long story. I'll keep it short. Um, during that, it was about a six and a half week process for me to get certified. So for those of you that don't know, it usually takes like three to six months because there's just a lot that goes into it. There's paperwork, there's tons of stuff, but it was like this, the second that I said yes was just crazy. Everything happened super fast. And, but I had time to like reconsider my yes. And there was multiple times Katie lives with me, um, where I would walk out and be like, what am I doing? This is actually insane. Like, I'm just going to have these kids coming to my house. Like, and those of you that know me, like, I'm single. I'm in my like late thirties and I'm like praying for a husband. I'm not praying for some children to come live in my house. Like just being real. Like I'm like the next thing on the agenda, Lord is a man. Okay. Not these random children that I do not know. And so I'm like walking out to Katie and I'm like, this, are we sure I should say this? Cause this should be an order. Like husband, then maybe foster God, husband, maybe foster. Um, but every time it was like, no, it was just so calm, which is almost annoying. Cause then, you know, it's more the Lord. It was like so peaceful that it was like, you're going to foster. I'm like, great. So, so uh, right before my uh, first placement came, so that was the very end of June and I had my first placement in August. And I remember thinking, just panicking, like, okay, this is it. That my phone can ring any second. This is crazy. I'm crazy, whatever. And then all of a sudden the Lord reminded me of a song that I sang for a year and a half up until this point. It was my favorite song and it was uh, all is for your glory. And a part of the lyrics say, send me anywhere, put me anywhere, I'll serve anywhere, just let me see your beauty. And I remember standing in the kitchen, and I think actually my, the boys were on the way, that my two first boys were on the way. And I remember just crying, thinking like, I never would have guessed that I'll serve anywhere and put me anywhere would be my living room, would be 
my hallway yeah. carrying a child to bed would yeah. be the kitchen floor while a kid that I did not birth is crying or having a social worker come into my home or being able to pray for a biological mother and look them in the eye and not judge them, um, be able to have deep conversations or connect with other foster parents, which are here in the back with me. Love you guys. Thanks. <laughs> um, being able to meet new people. Like I just never, when you, when you're singing and I did it in my secret place, but I did it here on Sunday and you're just like, send me anywhere, put me anywhere. And then God's like, this is where I put you, right right here. And the boys are on the way. And so that was just, I knew that. I had a yes in my heart before, but then it was already birthed into me. I just didn't know. And so when I said yes, why it was so fast, why it was so just this act of obedience is because that yes had been already stirring in my heart. That's awesome. Yeah, it's dangerous what you sing, huh? Yeah, be careful what you sing. Be careful what you sing. That's why it's one of our values, that we don't just sing songs to sing them. That we actually believe them. Yeah, that's awesome. What was your your yes? Our story, again, I do have a husband, so our story is a little different. But when even when we were single, my husband was, both of us actually, I was, at, at, in the culture that I was in, I was an older single person, um, which is, you know, South Central Farm Country, Pennsylvania. And older at that point was I was in my third, I was 30 when I got married. So older single person was like, I ought to start doing something with my life. I had a full-time job. I was like top of my field in my region. Um, and at that point I was just like, well, if there's no husband on the way, then what are we going to do about kids? And I just started really thinking about adopting children. Um, and after I'd met my husband, we had, you know, lots of discussions as you do when you're getting to know your spouse and discovered that he had actually had those thoughts too. Now my husband is 10 years younger than me. So I may be 30. My husband at the time was like 1920 and he had also had those thoughts, wow. even as a teenage boy, That's awesome. to be able to, you know, look at that. He'd always been in admiration of people who had adopted children. And so we had these discussions. And then after we got married and decided we were going to try and have kids, we discovered that my body at the time didn't want to have children. And there's fun ramifications of that. So, um, you know, we went through some medical stuff like that. And I have two miracle biological boys, absolute miracle biological boys. Um, and just kind of that, that thought kind of drifted for a little while. Um, my husband went through, uh, training to become an officer. We had, we'd already joined the military, um, as enlisted and my husband went through training to be an officer. And after we got to our first training base, after he commissioned, the Lord spoke so clearly and he's like, at your next base, I want you to license to foster and begin to get ready to adopt. And I was like, Awesome. So he dropped a name in my soul, and I knew the name of my child. Now, at this point, you had two kids. Or, we had already yeah. had, yeah, we had two beautiful boys. I mean, they were, they are absolutely perfect. It was not like, you know what I mean? It was a miracle of God to have these yeah. children. Um, and I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. You know, we're here. And then the Lord's just like, now, now. And for me, my yes still goes back to my original yes to him. Because when we say yes to him, we don't just say, yes, I want to go to heaven. We say yes. Whatever you want, you're worthy of everything in my life. How could I say no? Because you're worthy of every single yes. So he dropped that in my soul. I talked to my husband. He's like, yeah, that'd be cool. So the minute, not not the minute, because when we got to our next base, we were in kind of a temporary house while our house was being built and our house finished getting built. And we instantly, we just connected with a great agency, started the, you know, started the process, 
we knew, again, because it was about adoption, we'd said yes to that, that um, any kids that came into our home, like I said, our standard was any kids that came into our home did not leave without a judge telling them to go for whatever reason. And it wouldn't be our fault. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> bit of a caveat yeah. there. Um, <laughs> um, so we got an email, and I, I, I was like, oh, this is great. And so I emailed my husband, and by the time we got back to the agency, those kids had already been placed somewhere else. And we got another email, and by the, before I could even say yes, the casework was on our way to our home with who is now our son and his half-brother at the time. He still has a half-brother. Um, wonderful stories, half-brothers, biological father, got saved, fell in love yeah. with the Lord, went on a pastoral track, and fought the system to get his son back. And so yes. the, we, the Lord allowed us to adopt our child. And the beautiful thing is um, our, our son's half-brother's dad's name is the name that the Lord had dropped in my spirit. Yeah. Months and months and months wow. and months before then, over, over a year before then. So yes, our youngest son is forever our youngest son. Yeah. Yeah, adoption can't be dissolved. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I have no desire to anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, you don't have love. a choice. No. That's what happens when you adopt. <laughs> exactly. Because you don't have a choice <laughs> anymore. <laughs> that's why I love my four. I can say, you're done. You're done. <laughs> You're done. You're out. No, no that, that's awesome. So, so how many kids did you foster, if you can remember? Do you remember? Yeah, I'm going to ask you too. I'm so you thinking, start I can down. remember all their names and all their faces, but I don't yeah. want to say it out loud because yeah, I know we're so. online. So. It was about seven. I would think it was seven, and then we might have had a respite in there somewhere. Right. You're saying six? No, I think it was seven. There was one for like two weeks, and then I got really, really yeah, sick, the and he went to respite. There's the one that's, you can yeah, cut he's off. Yeah, <laughs> he can cut him off. He's the one. No, we had, I'm pretty sure we had seven, because we that's had awesome. one that was only there for like a couple of days, and then I got really sick, and my husband was um, at training, yeah. and so I had to have him in respite. And then he connected with his respite care workers, so we arranged for him to awesome. be able to stay. There wow. as his house. So. That's awesome. And how many of you brought into your home? Eight. Eight. <laughs> That's awesome. And Eight from August 15th till now. That's so cool. It's awesome. And varying stories in them all. Very, Very much so. Much from <laughs> just needing to house them and love on them to spending time in hospitals because they had heart conditions and um, medical issues and and so, what, um, what has been kind of the greatest joy in giving your yes? And then we'll, we'll, I'm going to ask, kind of as we wrap up, kind of how you deal with the hard part. Because it is hard. There's, there is, there's heartache that's involved. We had, when we, we had two kids that weren't our own for a year and a half. And until their dad was able to have them come back into their home... Um, it's hard, but there's all, there's the joys and the heartache. So why don't, let's kind of wrap up with kind of what are the joys of it and then what's the heartache and how do you handle the heartache to where you can continue to say yes? Cause, Cause that's a big one. I'll start with the joy. Yeah. Um, the joy is for me has been seeing God in a way that I like never knew him before. And so it's the, it's like, it's hard to explain, but it's like this 
time in my life where I can hold what seems like evil and darkness in one hand, and in the other hand, I can see like the most beauty that I've ever seen in my life. And it's right in front of you, in your face. And so I think, um, you know, a part of the yes that I've learned is um, the Lord, Holy Spirit keeps bringing up Romans eight twenty eight, where he works all things out for his good. And I kept thinking before in my life, I, I was like this watch and see for him to work it out. Like I just think, yeah, well, we're just going to watch. I'm going to watch and I'm going to see him work it out for his good. But foster care has made me realize that I actually get to partner in that. So through my obedience yeah. and my yes, all things in this scenario is foster care. His desire wasn't for these children to be separated from their parents, but it happened. So him working it for his good is my yes. Yeah. And so me being able to partner and be yeah. when I'm obedient and I say, yes, that puts that verse into action to where it's tangible. It's not just a wish that I'm hoping and waiting. And, and I do think that there are times like I watched in that hospital with that newborn, the Lord work all things out for his good. But I was there because I said yes. And so miracles, I've seen miracles in a way that like are so everyday um, miracles that isn't like this. It's like the miracles that are unseen in a sense, but they're just in the every moment. And I think through each of the eight children that have come through my home, I've seen God's beauty in a way that I don't know that I ever would have had the opportunity to see. And the joy is being able to trust in who he is as our father, where I was longing for family, you know, joking all side earlier of saying like, hey, my desire is to be a wife and my desire is to be a mother. And not that that's not going to happen. I believe that it is happening. I, the mother part is already happening. But like I, I do believe in that promise over my life. But what I'm getting to see in the way my heart is expanding now and my brain, it's out of order, but it's not. And so being able to see the joy of like God tangibly working in my life moment by moment of the time of sitting on the ground with a child who's biting me and that she's just because she's been so gone through so much in her life. She doesn't have another response to then just being able to put my hand on her chest and say, you're okay. And be able to have the Holy spirit informed. They call it trauma informed and foster care. Like, Oh, you're just really trauma informed. And I'm like, yeah, but really I'm like, no, I'm Holy spirit informed. And that's how I'm able to just be calm. So to be able to see that that tangible presence of the Lord working through each placement is so beautiful. And the grace that I have to get through something that I do not feel equipped for um, is that's what brings me joy because it's like, it's not joy like, oh, this is like, yay. I mean, sometimes it is, but it's this deep, tangible inner joy of just feeling like I know the father in a way that I never knew before. Yeah. How about you? So joy-wise, everything she said, number one, literally everything. I mean, she, you put so many beautiful words that I probably could never have found on my own, so it's perfect. I've gone through all of that with mine too. Um, but I've also had multiple opportunities uh, during our time to minister to families. Yeah. So my heart always broke for the mom's and for the dads, and to be able to take those moms to prayer and just go, Jesus, heal it. Even if it means this child does not stay in my home, heal this situation. Yeah. Bring them to you. Let them see you, even if it's just in me, because I, they can't always see it in the system. 
but yeah. do it. And I've been able to watch. I mean, I'm still in contact with um, my son's half-brother's family and being able to watch his change and his growth. And I mean, this was a kid that was in foster care and there's some horrible statistics out there and I don't want to quote them all for you. Um, but watching him graduate, he will be graduating in June this year, this, this coming June from a, an, uh, STEM science Academy and is last I heard planning on going to MIT captain of his football team. I mean, he makes some teenage mistakes. His, his mom's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no. <laughs> he makes some teenage mistakes and stuff, but yeah. And then I've been able to maintain distant contact with my child's biological mom. And she'll every once in a while just message me on Facebook. And I've been able to kind of sow seeds of love and acceptance. And I don't judge you. I'm not angry at you. Neither is your child. You know, so teaching my son to honor the life giver, even though yeah. she's made some rough choices. You know, and I've been able to see fruit of that, too, because she's gotten married and has a child now. She'd had all four of her other children moved over time. So she's able to keep and raise the one she has now with her husband. Yeah. So being able to watch the transformation of, in the lives of the families, not just, I mean, obviously the transformation in the life that I get to see too, but yeah. the transformation in the lives of the families that yeah. are in the situation as well has been overwhelming. It's amazing. Yeah, you, you're not only changing the world, the world of that child, but their family as too. Um, and that, that's really what it is. It's about giving your yes God's asking us, are you, are you willing to give your yes? Because when we give our yes, we get to be world changers. We get to change the world that's around us. And sometimes we need to invite other people's worlds into ours so that their worlds can be changed. And it really is simply giving your yes to whatever God's calling you. If, I would like, if anybody here has ever been a foster parent or you've adopted or you've helped foster parents, would you stand we want us to honor you for a minute. So just stand, yes. Give them a hand, yeah. Celebrate you. You guys are world changers. So thank you so much. You guys have changed people's lives and trajectories of their lives forever. And generations have been impacted because of you. So thank you so much. Um, there is an organization, couple, there, one thing we didn't talk about, there is, um, if um, you want to help in this way, but can't really be a foster parent or adopt, but you want to help in this area, there is an organization that um, helps foster parents. Yes. Sorry, um, she'll say it much better than I just So it's tried called to... Foster the City, um, and we're actually, what's been cool through this is I've been able to connect with uh, foster moms from the Father's House and Crossroads, and so we um, also have this partnership that Father's House is trying to head up for the city, and I was like, yeah, you guys are the megachurch, so, <laughs> but they're heading it up for us, it's a little joke between us, but they are willing to just kind of be the lead for Foster the City, which means um, in churches, like, all of our goal between the three of our churches is that we have foster homes within our church, right? But we also understand, like, maybe you're just not in a place where you can foster. Maybe God's not calling you to that. That's okay. Um, but you want to help in some way. So they call them support friends. So, like, I have four people that... Um, 
came to my house this past week and they're like my support friend, which means basically when I have a placement, I can send a text out like, Hey, this is their age this is what's happening. Like this week I would appreciate a meal or this or that. And so the commitment is very low because there's four people that are on your team. And if you're the support friend is what they call it. You help out a foster parent once a month. So your commitments to do one thing once a month and how we're lining it up is if we have, let's say five foster parents that go to the mission, you're a support friend. We sit under the father's house umbrella for now. And then, but then they have you be a support friend of a, of the mission foster parents and your commitments once a month, but it's just, it's whatever you could say, Hey, I just want to drop you a meal or I want to come over and do your laundry or I can take the kid to school one day, but just simple things that is a once a month. commitment. Yeah. It's a way to come alongside those foster parents and help them. It's amazing. So there's many ways to be involved um, in this and to give your yes. Um, so why don't you guys stand with me? Yeah, yeah um, so, one more yeah. one more thing. Um, so I do have, we have a social worker here and an event coordinator from Aldea, the agency that I'm a part of. Um, and like I said, there's a few, there's three foster parents in the back that are current foster parents with the same agency as me. Um, and we're going to have the social worker in the lobby, myself, and all of us in the back there. So if you have questions about foster care, orientation is actually this Tuesday. It's free. Um, we're going to host it here at the mission. So if you're interested at all, like, oh, this just kind of sparked me, like whether to be a foster foster friend or actually sign up for foster care, we're going to be in the lobby right after. Yeah. So they'll be back there to answer any questions. If you're just interested, go back there, just talk to them. Even if you're not interested, go back there and love on them and tell them how much we appreciate them. Um, but get, get involved somehow, get involved, give your yes to what God's calling you to. So if I can have the worship team come up and this is how we're going to end because um, God is always looking for our yes this is one way foster care system adoption or being a friend of a foster family is one way to give your yes but he's asking all of us for a yes and the Holy Spirit's probably been talking to you for a little while about something that he's asking you to give a yes to and so, my suggestion is you say yes. Because that's where you become a world changer, is when you give your yes. You change the world you're saying yes to. So if that's you this morning, just put out your hands. And like you're going to receive something from the Holy Spirit. Because it does take courage to say yes. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't quite tell you all what your yes is going to involve. But like Joanne said, when we say yes to Jesus, it's an all-in thing. So Holy Spirit, right now open our hearts to hear what you are asking us to say yes to. I believe you're asking every one of us to say yes to something. Whether it's to love on our neighbor, to go take care of their kids for a moment so they can breathe, or if it's to bring foster kids in or adoption, or go love on the person at the store, or whatever it is. He's asking us, will you give me your yes? Will you be a world changer and give me your yes? So Holy Spirit, give us the courage 
to say yes to you. To say yes to what you're calling us to. To say yes to the world you're asking us to be a world changer in. So we give you our yes today, Jesus. We sang it this morning. We, your way is the best way. So we give you our yes this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If I can have the ministry come down. If you need prayer for healing, if you're sick this morning or have an ailment, the healer's in the room this morning. Bring healing to you. Or if you need prayer for any situations going on, we have people ready to pray with you. So come if you need that this morning. But go out and give your yes. Go out, talk to them, bless them, love on them. You can get more information out there if you're interested in any of that. We love you. You are amazing. Give your yes so the world around you knows that Jesus loves them. Have a great week. See you Wednesday night. Love you.